I'm sitting today with a wonderful man called Bill Lucy and I'm actually recording this in Newport where I've been giving a talk to raise money for the Newport Preservation Society and Bill is chairman of it. So I thought I'd like to share with you all what they do and I guess what I've been doing as well. So welcome, Bill. Thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you. It's so nice to be here with you. <laughs> and can I ask you, do you want to describe a little bit about what the Newport Preservation Society does and is, first of all, for those who are sure. less familiar? There was a time in Newport when a lot of the big houses were being torn down and um, going unkept, and some local influential, a lot of women actually formed what was to be the Preservation Society. And they started out by trying to save some of the houses that were being lost. So that's how we had our beginnings. And now we've grown to managing 11 house museums, we call them, or mansions. And uh, it's, it's an incredible undertaking. It is an incredible undertaking. So for those who are listening, Newport is a wonderful port and town about an hour and a half from New York, something like that? Uh, it's, a, it's a few hours, depending on if you're going by helicopter or car, but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a few hours from New York. It's about an hour and a half south of Boston. That's it. I and, think Boston uh, is the reference point. There is also a Newport in Wales, which is where yeah. I started my you know, talk. We are Boston Red Sox fans, <laughs> so I wanted to know, are you a Yankees fan or a Red Sox fan? I went to my first baseball game just before I came here for the, with the Boston Red Sox, and it was such a treat. I was given such special treatment going to see it and had an amazing supper and, of course, lobster rolls, which seems to be the de rigueur on the menu here, which was fun. And it was, it was a great game so I was very lucky then after that I then came down to Newport so I have been lucky and, and the mansions at Newport for those who haven't visited or seen them they're called cottages and I mean more inappropriate name I can't think because they are spectacular houses often in the French style because the English did not behave very well in Newport and after they left the the French moved in and were infinitely preferred I suspect by the Americans at that time so some of the architecture, I think, reflects the French architecture. But they, they brought back all the fantastic works of art from Europe and France and Germany and England. And the houses are full of marble and, oh, just so beautifully decorated, actually. It's amazing. They are. And um, as you know, the upkeep for the houses are, is tremendous. And um, the, the, the staff at the Preservation Society is uh, a very talented group of people of craftsmen. In some cases, some cases in America, the, the crafts are disappearing. So they're starting to become sort of the last bastion of some of the craft, the, the great craftsmen of, of, of this country. So uh, you know, it's the, the preservation effort is is ongoing and it's a battle on all fronts. Um, you know, finding people that are capable of maintaining and repairing some of the architecture and the arts and the artifacts first, and and you know. All of that is just such a challenge. And uh, we all learn to be really good at a lot of different things. And uh, we learn as we go. We do. I think experience is a wonderful way to live, actually. And it's falling over and getting it wrong, which I think I do frequently. And then trying to get up and do it better another time, I think, is the answer, isn't it? That with what I was struck by was the, the stories 
behind it. So when I walked into Marble Hill, is it Marble House? Marble, yes. Marble House. The, the, the idea that this spectacular house was a 39th birthday present from Ada Vanderbilt's husband. I mean, unbelievable, isn't it? And right. Well, today's my anniversary, and I still haven't figured out what I'm going to do, so I hope my wife doesn't listen to this. But I'm pretty sure we're not going to be getting a cottage, though. So, no. But it is amazing. And the interesting thing for me is, of course, that you are looking after them, and they're perhaps closer to a museum, whereas Highclere Castle is undoubtedly a home, which was a deliberate choice, which I made. And it's trying to then, again, for, for all of you, I think the challenge is probably trying to find the small details which make people find the homes interesting as well as the extraordinary slabs of marble, if you want. And so that is it, what's fascinating. It is fascinating. And we, and of the houses and the properties that we, we are in, in care of, there are the ones that are the four big houses, we call them, that tend to attract the most attention and the most money. Mm. And then there are the other, you know, seven properties that are sort of the, sort of the poor stepchildren, if you will. And we're constantly trying to, uh, you know, keep them up to date as well and keep them open and, and, and in great shape. But it's always a challenge. And it's, it's, it's making all of the little parts and pieces work as a whole that's that's a big challenge you know if, if all we were dealing with is one property um, like the breakers I think it would be just easier for us because it's such a money maker and a great attraction but the fact that we've got a house called the Isaac Bell house um, which is a great example of a shingle style house in America doesn't get a lot of viewers uh, a lot of architects really appreciate it but um, you know that actually costs us a lot of money to maintain so Figuring out a way to make it all work and bring it all to life is is a big challenge. It is, isn't it? Because, you know, Highclere's got 250 to 300 rooms and no one today would be mad enough to build a house of that size as a home. And that gets the third Earl of Carnarvon had this extraordinary vision and dream and that's what he did. And I think many of the Chatelaines often, I think of your houses, also dreamt and got involved with the houses and the architecture and what they stood for at that point of American history, which the Gilded Age, they were built with such extraordinary industrial money at an extraordinary time, as I said, of American history. And, and it was the time Edith Wharton and Faulkner and Scott Fitzgerald quite often, this flamboyance and party-giving time, which is a little bit different from today's world, isn't it? It is, it is. But what's terrific about, I'm sure, Highclere Castle, but also these, these cottages, is that they were really built for entertaining as well. So as part of our mission, we get to throw some really good parties and, and bring a lot of people in um, to experience it and enjoy it. And yeah. we have a very close relationship with a lot of the arts organizations, nonprofits in town. And um, so it's a great stage for them. And it's a great opportunity for those folks to sort of, you know, um, you know, perform their art and be on a wonderful stage in a wonderful setting. And it's also a great opportunity for the Preservation Society to bring these buildings to life. And so it all works well. So can I ask you, we have two weeks of music around Newbury at home, which is a magic time in May. Do you have any of that? We have a music festival that will be starting, I think, next week, pretty quickly, um, where we do a lot of classical music in some of the mansions. Um, It's it's 
a, a separate nonprofit that's run by a really fabulous group of people, some of which are involved with the Preservation yes. Society. So everything is a very, it's a small community, so everything's very interwoven. Um, so they'll be starting next week. We have, you know, music at, at almost every event that we have. We have a, believe it or not, for such a small community, we have our own ballet company that, uh, Island Moving Company, and they perform and when they're performing in the gardens or in the various ballrooms it's it's magic they do a terrific um nutcracker presentation every year which if anyone has never been to newport it's a great time to come in the winter and you can see the nutcracker performed by the island moving company in one of the mansions and it's a and it's great for the kids and it's a wonderful event so yes it's so it's 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 a community effort for sure. It is Because you. you're in parts. a town, aren't you? And the right. town itself is far older, obviously, than the houses. Right. And as you can tell, you're by, we're by the sea because you hear all the seagulls. But <laughs> 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 that's such as it. And the other thing, of course, that links the, the Gilded Age houses and Highclere is a very special man called Julian Fellows, who wrote both Downton Abbey, set at Highclere Castle, and the Gilded Age set amongst some of your houses, as well as I believe in Troy, New York. So that's another, I suppose, film tourism, which I know you're seeking to bring to life. Right, which is a really probably a very big reason why you're here in Newport, because we, we saw the experiences that you were having with the filming of Downton Abbey. And we wanted to pick your brain a little bit and also give our members and subscribers and the people of, of this community an opportunity to meet somebody like yourself. So it's been a really great endeavor for us. Um, and Julian has been terrific. His ability to show us the way to bring these mansions to life in a whole different manner has been revolutionary to us, actually, I would say. A lot of focus was really made on the collections and, and the research and, and the people who lived in the homes, the, the people who built the homes, but not very much attention was being paid on our part to all of the behind the scenes people that made it work. And mm -hmm. frankly, it's all the most fascinating, a lot of that is the most fascinating stuff that there is. So mm -hmm. uh, I have a, we have a big debt of mm. gratitude to Julian mm. for uh, selecting Newport and filming the Gilded Age here and, and showing us the way in mm. a lot of ways. Mm. He, I know because when he was at Highclere writing Downton Abbey, he always had the Gilded Age in the back of his mind and had started to form and write that some time ago and then was circling it, I think, as he does, until he had the, the time and the the, um, the ideas to pull together and then make it work. And they looked at many different places I used to hear as they'd gone off somewhere different. <laughs> so yeah. from, the, from the back point of view, but I think it is. I, I wish he would set a little bit more at Newport because I think the stories around the houses are what I find fascinating. They're, you know, they are so extravagant and then the detail given to the decoration and I find that fascinating as a as a woman about how you decorate and what the thoughts were behind the creation of these houses because they are somebody's inspiration they're not just architecture they are someone's dream and that's where the children then stayed or that's where the butler then lived so as you're saying it's it's these stories about the people who made these houses their home and then called them cottages. <laughs> That's right. And, and uh, Julian is a very busy person, but I think he's, he's scheduled to be up in Newport this July. So right. we'll be seeing a little of him. And uh, one of the interesting things that I've learned from him is that most of these houses are were overseen. The building of these houses were overseen by 
the women mm. of the family. Um, and their presence was a very strong presence. And mm. it's interesting, even today in, in the society of Newport, I think the women of this, this of the society still hold a very prominent position mm. in, in, the, in the society of yes. Newport. So, uh, but he picked up on that and, mm. and brought that out. And uh, I've always been very um, impressed with his ability to just find things of interest where, that yes. have been there, but <laughs> overlooked. You know, as so much of our our collections are that you know it's you know you spoke the other day and, and mentioned how you know you just you find things and you know that there's lots of things that you haven't found yet and you really can't get to it all but I think that's the same here mm. I mean we've got a little, few more people working on it than you do I think um, but still I think they uncover new things every day and I think Julian has sort of given us a new place to look I think it's a Lord new energy, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. coming out of the COVID years, it's, I'm sure it's most welcome yeah. to, to sort of restart and get going again because it has been incredibly tough for yourselves as it right. has been for us. And, you know, you're suddenly confronted with a whole machine which then stops and stutters. Right. And that's, it's, it was, has been an extraordinary time and not easy for anyone emotionally, financially, mentally, physically, funnily enough, the whole whole world was turned upside down I hope the reset buttons might be more positive in some areas and I'm trying to think positively like that as right, always right. but it is fascinating and I think ideas and how we look after visible history they're best shared because that's what we're all trying to do isn't it right right and one of the things that you said earlier this week that really struck me was that we're really in the business of experience and, and having fun and joy and mm. sharing. Mm. And so often through these challenging times, things tend to feel like you need to focus so much more on the money and the finances. Mm. And in the end, I think if you if your strategy stays with the idea of sharing joy and, and having fun, uh, you'll get it right and people will come mm. and the money will follow. Mm. And... Um, I think I think that's probably the biggest thing I've taken away from your visit here is well, thank is, you. Is, uh, you're a terrific marketer, and well, uh, it's about people, and you understand, yes. yeah, you understand people, and and yes. and the business struggles are always always stressful. I mean, yes. raising money, and and you yes. know, if a roof goes bad, it's it's millions of dollars, yes. and um, it's easy to be consumed. I think yes. by that, it is, and and I know that happens, and. You know, there was a, um, a roof which I thought had been done on, on a cottage, which was, is, thank God, a cottage, not one of your cottages. And But there had been a leak somewhere, and because I wanted just to check a ceiling and take it down because it was bowing, underneath that, I found all the rafters had gone rotten because there had been a leak. So, thank God, you know, you take the ceiling down and you find it's all bust. And that was such a fortunate decision. Otherwise, I'd have had new ceilings and bust rafters and the roof would have been no good either. So, right. so it's these, these mixtures of things that happen which are an ongoing challenge and no, no restoration story is ever necessarily a good one financially because right. you find all these secret gremlins that pop out so the budget is always blown, which is so annoying. But I'm sure you're better at controlling that than I am sometimes. Oh, I don't but know if we can control it. But I, I will say this about it is that for us, you know, we you know, we have our operation and that's, that does well. Some days, sometimes we break even, sometimes we make a little. But the people in the community that um, support us, you know, with, with donations and, and when we have capital campaigns, 
uh, they're really the people that make it work for us in a lot of ways because uh, it's hard to, to plan for a, a, a disaster, if you will, which, and then, a, you know, a leaking faucet in a, in, a, in a regular home, someone's home, is, is somewhat of a disaster and it's a panic, but I mean, if it leaks on top of one of our beautiful uh, vaulted ceilings, yes. or it's just, it's just almost catastrophic. catastrophic. <laughs> is, so, yes. you know, we're constantly, you know, and I, and I, I want to thank everybody in the community, but you know, because it seems like we're constantly going out in the community with yeah. a need and another ask, and um, people have great patience with us, and yeah. they have we have great supporters, yeah. and we have a wonderful community. So mm. we're very, very fortunate to make it all work that way. Mm. Um, and it's not easy for sure, but uh, it's not easy. And I, but I do think the visible history, which I'm coming back to, which these houses in Newport represent are really worthwhile preserving and for them to find a role in everyone's lives today. They are very precious and without them, you know, this part of America would be much the poorer for it. And you don't always realise how important they are until you don't have them. And I think for all of us, music, theatre, concerts, all of which we were denied for nearly two years, were terrible, not just for the musicians, but for all of us and for our social skills. So using these houses as a, as a way to gather people and share the joy of life and the music of life. So that's how I sort of phrase my events when I put them up on the website. So it's a bit about music and magic and joy. So that's what I often well, call them. That's beautiful, and I like so that message. Fun. <laughs> and we're going to steal some of those ideas, I can promise you. Oh, well. One of the things that Julian uh, Lord Fellows had said earlier when he was here, which really struck us, was that um, in Europe, you know, there are palaces, but they're, they're, you know, miles and miles and miles apart. And in Newport, it's really one of the few places on earth where it's a village of palaces. Yes. And they are all so close to each other. Yes. So it's a really, it's, it's a great opportunity for people to come see a real lot of different um, history and beauty and styles. Mm. And there's something for everybody here. Mm. So... Um, all of this connection between the international connections, I call them, has really started to open us up a little bit at the society and, and make us a better organization. I think we're, we live on an island and, and we're Rhode Islanders. And, and if you haven't picked up on it yet, we're, we're very cloistered up. We don't like to go very far. Well, and it's a beautiful place, so is. I think I'd be with you, you on that. But equally, well, I don't like to go very far from Highclere. I find it incredibly reassuring in an anchor. And however often I've walked around the gardens, I'm still so happy right. to walk around the gardens. And when I get back from here, I'll just take my shoes off, actually, probably, and walk across the lawns and around the gardens with a jumble of dogs. That sounds <laughs> pretty good, and I'll probably be doing the same. And But, but it's, uh, it's great to be able to reach out to other uh, people like yourself and organizations internationally I think it's been really great for the society to sort of broaden our horizons and open ourselves up a little bit more, yes because so. I think you we and Newport Highclere and Newport are in the same business Julian is a hugely talented scriptwriter, but he's not the one trying to bring people to houses that's that's what he kindly gives us a marketing platform but it's up to us to do that it's not up to him and he comes up with the most amazing scripts and fun yeah. which entertains us on screen and then we have to try and grab that 
and what makes it fun and bring it into reality and then sell it so that the money comes in right. to you or to me, which is interesting. So it's a, it's a slightly different process from his process. Right. But his lines are fantastic. But um, he lives in a very nice house in Dorset and just doesn't, which is not open to the public. And he has, right. a, okay. he has different challenges in his life to ours. His challenges are nevertheless significant, which are called deadlines. But, uh, right. Well, what's interesting, too, about what, what's going on with the HBO series is that it's fictional, based on on history, but fictional. And um, it's easy to, as, a, as an institution, like a museum, to sort of think that it's not real, so therefore it's not worthy of being presented. But I kind of look at it in a different way. I say, this is the current history that's being made, and, and people like Lord Fellows, who have chosen to film at, at the... At the mansions are now creating a new living history and and that we should take advantage of that as well and, and move our story forward yes don't be stuck in the past and, and i think that's something that we can learn from from you because, because when your we've, past yes, is exactly. so much longer yes and we're so young if you will everything about i'm us feeling is very old you're hundreds right. of years old <laughs> things with you at that. so but the idea yes. that it's not it's not necessarily just a snapshot in time and no. that that's all there is no. it needs to in order to thrive it needs to grow and evolve and and the shooting of, of uh, the HBO series The Gilded is now part of our living history at Mansions. So we'll it find gives ways people, to show people. And it gives people yes. pleasure, right. you know, so that's right. what's so important. And I suppose when when we first started with the Downton on television in Highclere Castle, you know, some of the coaches turned up with Downton at the top of their screens. And, you know, some of the guys would be saying, they don't need to know it's Highclere. But actually, and it was odd, and then I thought, okay, this is a muddle. Let's embrace the muddle and let's make something of it. And there's no point arguing with that point of view. So let's get over it. And it's a costume drama, not a history documentary. But as such, it's watched by so many more people than a history documentary <laughs> because it's fun. Right, so let's right. have some fun. So that was our thought process, which also you're going through. And then I'm always trying to use the word role. So what's the role going to be? Because, so it's not a static museum, because, you know, if I say to my son, do you want to go to this museum? He's oh, golly. Whereas if you want to say, let's go and see this house, they're showing this and they're showing that, then he said, oh, I'd like to do that, mummy, kind of thing. So it's just how you present it to both children as a mother. Right, right. Well, that's true. <laughs> and, and how you present it to mothers with children. <laughs> and that's great. And it's a challenge. And, and even in Newport, I mean, we... This community is, I think, a little challenged on what they what there is to do for the young people. I mean, the beaches are beautiful, yeah, but not every day is a sunny beach no. day. So, what what do you, what do you have to offer as a community for these kids? When, yeah. And and uh, there's not as much as there should be. So, I think that's a really smart strategy too is it to is. try to em embrace you know a much wider and more diverse audience you know? and so i'm going to obviously i'm my i'm now moving towards my thoughts towards tutankhamun and the discovery so so immediately i'm thinking of treasure hunts and secrets and things like that but it's equally well you know so we've got um sheets for ch smaller children to go around and fill in and write down and ask their mum questions as they fill it in at the end everyone can win a 
cuddly toy or whatever right, else. Right. And that kind of helps as well. So there's small things and then right. larger things uh, of what you can do and what you can, again, enter into this past world and dream of. And most of the young people, I'm sure, would love to look at the costumes and things like that as right. well in the future. Right. So that would be a fun thing. And it's interesting you mention that because I have three grandkids and we had a, a, um, a sort of a contemporary art um, exhibit out at Green Animals, which is a, a place we have in Portsmouth. It's more of a garden than anything else. Yeah. And um, so we had these bugs placed statues uh, or pieces of art that were made. I brought my, my grandkids out there and they did exactly what you said they had. We had a list of the bugs numbered. And what they did was they grabbed the, the piece of paper and they ran, and I mean ran, through this <laughs> entire property locating each of the various bugs and getting so excited when they found it. Yeah. And you're right. And, and uh, But a, a program like that is is exactly the kind of stuff we need to do. we got to get these kids interested. Get them started young and get them interested. Can I ask you, do you have an Easter egg trail? I, I don't know if we have a trail. We do have an Easter egg hunt. Well, that's because, I mean, I have a trail, which then is a really good family day out. Yeah. And it's not so much about raising money, although it's for a different charities, for a children's hospital. But it brings all the families in and they yeah. have to answer. They have to find all the eggs and the bunnies. And at yeah. the end, every child wins a Easter egg. Right. And that's hugely popular. And I started that. And you could almost pick up a different house. Well, that's a And have idea. a trail around the gardens. And, you know, that there's a cutout of... Brian the bunny and how many babies are by Brian the bunny and they have to count them and write the number on and how many eggs has Henrietta the hen laid (laughs) (laughs) that sounds fun and and you know what it's just again a family day out which which then makes going to the houses such as Highclere or the mansions part of family life so and that's what we do every Easter and when I started it you know I was kind of fighting to get people to come along and now there's just a whole community who every Easter say when's when's the Easter trail right it becomes part of their family tradition which is perfect which is quite good and it's very simple to do basically and we find some lovely company to give lots of Easter eggs to each child at the end and there we go. But it's, again, that secret trail. Secrets and treasures. Yes. Well, I think you, you sound like a kid at heart. So just before we sort of wrap up, I just wanted to say, because the main house in Newport is the Breakers. Yes. Which is huge and enormous, incredibly imposing. Do you want to tell me who built the Breakers and the family involved with that one? Well, the Vanderbilt family built the Breakers. Um, it is our largest house. Yes. Um, nowhere near as large as your house. Marvelous. Um, we are, with the Breakers right now, our big project uh, involves, it's always projects, but yes. the big big future project that we're talking about is what are we going to do with the upper floors of the Breakers? Uh, they have not really been touched since they were built so there's an awful lot of maintenance and plumbing and electrics that need to be looked at but before we can occupy it or or bring the public up there so uh that is our next major project that we'll be looking at what were they used for those rooms Uh, most of those rooms were servants some of them were servants quarters mainly Mm. were up there on the top floors so that's the answer you have a downstairs, upstairs tour. Two, two tours, yes. Yeah, that's well. That's what our hope is. And, and you just do it very simply. So I've got on. I've I've created some maids' rooms in one of the towers at Highclere, yeah. with very with poorer decorations because they'd have had one small photograph. Right, right. They, you know, a, a sort of dusty bedspread, and. That's what I've done. I think, you know, with the upstairs, downstairs of the Gilded Age, you could have a Gilded Age downstairs, upstairs tour. 
Yeah, and 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 we've talked. But you wouldn't have to have carpet. You know, you no, need to do well, it. No, that's in a one of the fashion. things we talk about: is do we want to leave it as is, scuffed a little yeah. bit? And, leave and it. How stuffed. interesting is Authentic that? Authentic, as opposed to completely. going in and making, bringing everything back to no, you know, like it don't do been it. When it was brand new, so. You just need your fire exits. I think it'd be fascinating. And if people want the upstairs downstairs tour, it's an add-on right, to right. what you're doing. So for us, the Egyptian exhibition is an add-on to the castle tour. So it's up to them, it's people to make the choice. What was it like to live in those days and work in the house? I was lucky enough to go to Rosecliff, which is spectacular. And the one thing I'm going to take away was The Great Gatsby was filmed there with Robert Redford. And I'll tell you a funny story. (laughs) It was filmed a very long time ago, uh, The Great Gatsby with Robert Redford. And I think there was a subsequent one filmed with Leonardo DiCaprio. It was great as well. Right, so most of the folks that work and and look after the... uh, after Rosecliff are a little younger and apparently Robert Redford was in town and he the, the Rosecliff wasn't open it was like past four o'clock and he was knocking looking in and knocking on windows and they didn't know who he was wow so he didn't get in oh, no. and then somebody somebody told I don't know Trudy Cox or somebody with, with yeah. the princesses and they quickly reached out to Robert and got him got him squared away and got him in but, right but he actually wasn't he had to knock on the windows he wasn't allowed in but he's such a but he's he's but he's an amazing actor and man isn't he he is mm-hmm. he is and he's turned out to be um a real force with filmmaking so, he has yeah he's and, an extraordinary uh, man he's he's a force for good it's very interesting the projects that he right. chooses so after those three what's the next houses for example it's interesting people always ask me what's my favorite mansion and my answer is always whichever one I'm at <laughs> and which is a very diplomatic way to say it but it's true the Elms is I think one of my favorite houses because of the gardens that they have in the back and and it's it's walled in and it's and it's just magnificent uh, gardening and, and things of that nature so there's always projects going on but as far as I know I think the next project with the Elms will be uh, some sort of a renovation of the stables right. I'm not really sure when that's going to happen put wow. it in line as you know yeah I but mean, that's a not a problem Priority. If the roof's no. good, it's not a priority. That's right. Now you mentioned another one. Was it Isaac Bell's house? Isaac Bell is uh, another uh, property that's it's a little smaller property. Mm. There's no really no furniture in it. It's it's a very bare bare house. Um, we are going to this summer. Will be interesting. There's a contemporary art exhibit going in and. Um, this summer and that will be going on and and so people can come in and experience the architecture of an old shingle style house and then also this contemporary art well that sounds really interesting setting the two against each other fantastic so we do whatever we can to sort of bring each of our properties to life in their own little way and like you said sometimes you make money and sometimes you don't yeah but that's not always the motivation of it you know some of it's just presentation and, and experience the lunch in, in Fairhome, where with the... Which oh, the Petrol House. Yes, which was George. beautiful. I was asked about what my goal was. I think it might have been there, or perhaps it was the day before. And I've always said I don't have a goal, in fact. I'm just enjoying the journey of life every day and trying to look after Highclere and wiggle my way through serpentine paths in the gardens, which I regard as the garden of life. And you're never sure where the end is, because that's not in my hands. And that's how I go on. And I'm sure that's so with your houses you're just going to wiggle your way on forwards and hope that you've got something to pass on i'd imagine to the next generation of trustees and visitors Uh, exactly and i just want to say you're so inspirational 
to it as well. <laughs> so, and I love, I love where you where you come from, mm-hmm. you know, and you come from the heart. And uh, I think we have a lot to learn from you. And well, I really appreciate getting to know you. Well, I can't thank you enough, Bill, for spending some time with me this morning. Thank you so much. Well, you're very welcome. Hello, it's Lady Carnarvon, and just to remind you, please do subscribe to this podcast.